thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Cindy O'Meara and I'm sitting in Botswana in a place called Planet Baobab and I'm with eight amazing people that I've been traveling with for the last two weeks. We have traveled through Namibia, Zimbabwe and Botswana. We've done Fish River Canyon, Sousafle, Victoria Falls, unbelievable adventures, um, looking at animals and the way they live in the wild, um, and taking ourselves on extreme adventures. So I thought it would be really cool if we did an Up for a Chat on what we've done, what we've experienced, why we're here, why did you all choose to um, be on this trip? So I'm going to start with Andrew. Now, Andrew, why um, did you come on this trip in the first place? Because uh, Talia, my wife, actually said she was going and she was leaving me at home whether I wanted to come or not. So, uh, and, and I've been a, a follower of you, Cindy, so... Uh, and. You know, I thought we would would travel with sort of like-minded people in their lifestyle choices. So, and we always wanted to see Africa and be my 50th birthday recently. It was sort of a bit of a present to go along with that. Ah. So how would you sum up this whole experience? Uh, If I had to say it in one word, it'd be diversity. If you look at the people on the tour, they're where they've come in Australia, their, um, I suppose you could say in in some ways, their lifestyles, uh, and then also everything we've seen in our travels. You know, we've seen second largest canyon in the world. We've seen arid deserts, uh, you know, the Delta, the Okavanko Delta, um, Zambezi River. It's, you know, we've just about covered everything. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. If, if I had to say it in one word, I'd say diversity. Did you find anything that we did um, arduous, challenging, uh, wished you weren't there? Was there any point in the, the whole two weeks that you felt that way? No, no. Actually, I reckon it started really well because, you know, we did do a couple of long treks and, you know, some of us didn't really do a lot before we, we started the tour as far as getting ready physically for the, the treks. But, uh, yeah, the, the first few we did with the hike into Fish River Canyon, which was 17 kilometres. Um, a few blisters came from that one. And then at Sousafle, three of us did the uh, Big Daddy sand dune. and Which but, is the tallest sand dune in the world. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, my camera showed it was over 300 metres in elevation mm-hmm. of just soft sand. So that was fairly hard going. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like everything in life. You break it down into small bits and, and we made it to the top. So what about the people you've been travelling with? Would you, would you say they were a good crew? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what else can you say? <laughs> 
So, yeah, yeah, I, I think we've all gelled really well because, you know, we've... I would never have asked that question if we did it. No. Well, you can tell how well we've gelled because yeah. uh, we've all spoke about our bowel movements and, and poo and because... We've had to listen to each other vomit. <laughs> yes, yeah. But no, no, it's, uh, it's been great. Mm. You know, we've all, like I said before, we, you know, we have similar... Um, I suppose, uh, ways in which we like in our lifestyle and in, in how we eat. Uh, so, and then that, that sort of, I suppose, uh, initial point that we all come together and then the last two weeks we've all, all sort of grown together and, and you know, had, had plenty of good laughs along the way. Yeah, so. definitely. So you still have a couple of days. Um, you're going to Cape Town um, with your beautiful wife and then um, you go home to work. Yeah, back home to Western Australia to uh, a broadacre farm, which that might have surprised you, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know who's a fan and a follower of yourself. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've been on a path for a, a few years and, and um, you know, we're, we've made a lot of gains, but we've still got a long way to go. And, and Taylor and I are on a continual path of, you know, educating ourselves mm. through, you know, in our own lifestyle, in my own business as an agricultural grain grower. Yeah. Um, well, I've learned a lot from you because I've asked you questions and because I want to understand broadacre farming because I think, um, you know, you've been pushed into the way it's being done now. Where do you go from now? And we've had those conversations, mm-hmm. you know. What, what, what do we do? What, where do we go? And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what you do in the next decade. Yeah. yeah. It'll, be, it'll right. be good. Be good. All right, Talia, <laughs> who is the wife of Andrew. By the way, we have two males on this, um, which is, um, you know, we had one. We, poor Jim. Jim's here today. Um, Jim came with us to South America, but he didn't come to New Zealand. We only had females on this New Zealand trip, but we've had two um, wonderful males on this trip with us. So it's a little bit like um, we were in Botswana and went the Kwai, and there was um, ten females and two males. Remember that? And I kept thinking, oh, it's a little bit like us, isn't it? Except you're not as savage as those lions were, I must admit, and you allow us to eat. <laughs> All right, Talia, what um, what have you loved about this trip together? What what was one of your favourite highlights? Uh, I think the trip with everyone. We've just laughed our way through Africa, haven't we? I mean, we've all got to know each other really well, and no matter where we've gone, we've all just really bonded amazingly and and have you know the australians where we just have loved the the community that we've we've formed Mm. plus the community outside with other members we've learned about other tourists that have come into the into you know that have been around us and we've embraced everyone not just being very much within our own self so and also learning about our guides and learning about the staff that are around us i mean Mm. just their whole we forget because we we are in such a fortunate country and we forget just how how hard they do it but they they love it and they smile and they uh, and they embrace they're so passionate about their country and they speak so highly about where they live and you know you ask the guides where they've traveled to most of them haven't traveled outside their own country and 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 they're happy with that they just love where they've been so I, let's let's um, talk about that more because I noticed that you did a lot with 
really making sure that you knew the names of everybody, whether it was the cook, whether it was the, you know, the guide. And I noticed that you took a lot of pictures. You know, I know you love taking photos, but you took photos of them in their essence. So I felt like that you really did that a lot more than perhaps I did. Um, you know, I was really interested in asking people about their culture, where do they come from, especially when we're in Fish Canyon and the Himbers and, um, and Sousafle. I, look, I loved that. So did you speak to anybody about something that just blew you away about what they said or how they live their life or, you know, maybe Mama from the cook? You know? oh, Mama, we we all got to know everyone, that all our guides and, and um, our, the staff that are around us. And Mama had a beautiful story. She she was a woman, I'm not actually quite sure, how old do you reckon she was? She was... Uh, oh, she, she wasn't that old. She, she wasn't that old. No, I don't think she was that old. So she was ended up being um, management in uh, the company that she works, and then she has had two two daughters that are at home, and her grandparents, uh, her her mum and dad, actually look after her children. Mm-hmm. They're actually quite young. They're only nine and six, six and, and I think she had three actually, three, three girls. Yeah. So um, and that's an amazing thing that she's just come and and she works on these camps for three months without seeing her babies and she embraces everyone that comes in to the camp her mum her actual name was Peggy Sue and but we all called her mama because she just looked after everyone beautifully and and um to be away from her family and to to provide that that have that income that supports her whole um her whole family structure just by looking after us you know Mm. that's that's a big thing I don't think a Western society. I mean, there are people that do it, but it's, it's a really big thing for their culture and yeah. to better themselves and make sure their children have education. And yeah, they're just all so family structured. What I found interesting is she was the only girl, girl yes. in that whole camp. And there was nine of us and there were 10 team members or nine team members, was mm-hmm. it? Nine or 10 team members. And I, and she controlled those guys so yeah. well. And um, on our final night, I loved their harmony and their music and how they sang to us and yeah, it was um, it was quite quite amazing. Quite amazing. Although singing Walter Matilda back to them (laughs) I I think we actually I think we actually need to um, (laughs) to practice our singing skills and our harmony because um yeah, we've got a lot to to learn from from their culture, I think. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So did you find anything a challenge? Um, did anything upset you or did you find it challenging? Mm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was really nervous about coming to the trip. I kept on saying to Andrew all the time, oh, my goodness, what happens if they don't like me, you know? Oh. And I was you know, just a whole different people that, that I was going to meet. I was very, very nervous. But, um, yeah, that's, I really stepped out of my comfort zone. I really i am a real homebody. Although I do a lot of work for the community in my council work, I actually do like to be home. So to, to come to Africa and to and spend it with, you know, I guess eight other people that I had no idea who they were has been absolutely blissful and I couldn't ask for better travelling companions. They've all been amazing. So. Good. Now, one of the things you said, you're a counsellor, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that you said is that they do complain about their roads. <laughs> now, we drove between Bot- uh, Moan, which is um, in the middle of Botswana, to where we are right now. Uh, <laughs> and you at, at you took a photo um, and a video of how we had to drive this road. Mm, they call, don't they call it the Botswana massage? Yeah, yeah. 
I just can't believe. And these potholes in these roads, like we, we asked them how long they've been there. They, they said 20 years. I mean, there, there's been no work on these roads at all and swerving. And you were driving on the opposite lane with a truck coming and you would just miss each other by swerving over these potholes. So mm. I think, yeah, that the, we've got a lot to learn about the, we, we complain about the, the smallest things in life when, when there's so much more. So I, I think we all have a lot to learn with that. Yeah, and I, I will be showing it to my. <laughs> you know, I, what what I really have learnt, I think, is that exactly that is that we um, we have all these things, and we seem to be so like megalomaniacs within our own community, and we don't look out and see how other people live. And you know, we've travelled in Botswana, past mud huts mm-hmm. where people live in these hot conditions or freezing conditions. And I just, I think, you know, when you took that photo of those potholes and I knew the complaints that you'd had, I just thought people just need to stop complaining, you know, because yeah. Australia's a pretty, you know, they've got it pretty well done. Although yeah. although Jim does get a bit worried when his beer's not cold, so... Yes, yeah, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Only Jim? Only Jim. Maybe a few There's been There's been a few complaints. There's been a few complaints. <laughs> Um, now, there was a surprise guest that we got. And, um, I think most of us kind of knew a little bit about each other, but then we had a, a bombshell by the name of Christy come in. <laughs> and now she's she's not talking to me. Um, Christy came in as a result of um, a friend, Alison, who invited her um, because of circumstances. And we're so happy that you came, Christy, because you just brought a really different... Um, I don't know, vibe, you could say, to the group. Very, very different. And it, Sunshine. She is. You're very refreshing and um, it was wonderful. So when Alison rang you to ask you to come and um, come on this trip with us, did you say no? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm <laughs> not mad. <laughs> I just was like, <sighs> Yes. <laughs> well, I need to call you back. <laughs> and I said, well, of course it's yes. It's absolutely yes. And I would love to. And thank you so much. And I'm so grateful and privileged. Yes. But I just need to check with my husband. And I'm not usually the, the type that needs to, quote unquote, check with the husband. But Phil and I got engaged in Africa. And we always said that the next time we come back to Africa, we're just going to bring our children back here. So this was a little bit of a curveball that I wasn't expecting. And he loves Africa so dearly. And I thought, I better just check. So he can kind of give me that little, you know, kiss of approval and go off and do that. And he was very selfless. Mm. And he said, of course you can go. And he was fantastic about it. And so here I am. So you've left behind two little kids, really. Yes. Six and nine. Yes. Because they are young. Yep. Have you, have you coped in these last two weeks without having them around you? With the nature of my work, since I kind of went back after ha- having them shortly after, so like, you know, when they were sort of two, two years old, I've always travelled for work. Mm-hmm. So they always know that mum goes, but mum always comes back. And that's always what I say to them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be gone for four days. Or I'm going to be gone for 10 days sometimes. And they're like, oh, I don't want you to go. And I say, mm-hmm. listen, what do I always say to you? And they say, mummy always comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... I just bloody well make sure I come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about bloody well wanting to come back. So how were the plane trips? <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> so 
as I said, I travel a lot for work, but, um, you know, like mosquito planes are not really something I've encountered before. <laughs> you know, Rex Air makes it this, these planes look like they're, you know, the new A380s. It's, these things were so tiny and so old. I mean, they had a conventional handbrake. Everything was manual dials. I've never seen it. felt like we were in a Hercules that had been miniaturised. <laughs> so I was a little nervous. Poor Jim on the first flight over Frisch River Canyon where we had all of that turbulence. Oh, my God. I was petrified. I was honestly, truly petrified, and I can't remember the last time I was that frightened. Mm. What were you frightened of? I was frightened that that plane was going to drop out of the sky. (laughs) And what happened when we landed? (laughs) (laughs) We crashed the plane! (laughs) We crashed the goddamn plane! (laughs) I mean, darling Lizelle made a beautiful you know, approach to the landing and then there was just a bush (laughs) and the bush and the wing somehow connected and we lost the wing. (laughs) Who who loses a wing? (laughs) Who loses a wing on our first flight when we have another eight flights to go? And that plane was meant to be with us. That plane was supposed to be our plane. She was meant to be our pilot. And, of course, that, you know, we got a cascade of differences from there and I wouldn't change it for the world. But, yeah, that's definitely not a conventional experience and probably not one any of us imagine we would experience coming into this. And, to learn and, and how did they fix the plane? Uh, well, having been to Africa before <laughs> and seen how things get repaired on the road, I said they'd probably fly the engineer in and just sort of, you know, pot, you know, just kind of weld it a little bit and then use a lot of gaffer tape. And Jim rightly corrected me and said, Chrissy, they won't be welding that because there won't be enough movement. But what we did see was them using a pot rivet gun and, yes, indeed, lots of 100-mile-an-hour tape, as my father calls it, or gaffer tape, which fixes anything. And clearly it does fix everything because they probably got in that plane and flew it home and delivered us a new plane and a new pilot. Mm. And here entered the beautiful chief. Mm. And I think for all of us that was a total blessing. Mm. And we all learned a lot from him. Mm. We did about his his life, his family, his... Fierce independence and his curiosity for Mm. being, to bettering himself. I don't think I've met anyone who has been so dedicated to improving themselves and in areas where not not natural, like to become a lifeguard and and to become a sea rescue person and to get his pilot's licence. And he's 23. He's 23. I think he was just, there was no limits for him and I don't think he had approached life with limits in mind. He was Mm. just felt like life was bound, going to be bountiful for him and he could, well, this is Africa. It was like almost this is Africa, anything's possible. Mm. And um, our last flight as the pilot came up to introduce. So we, lo- <laughs> we lost Chief because Chief only stayed in Namibia and then we went across to um, Zimbabwe and then we, we came into a very small airstrip um, and we had a very confident pilot, but he didn't come and pick us up from that. So what did you say to the young lady as you shook her hand? This is a pilot. Oh, let's all face it, we're a bit sad to miss cool Dudley. Yeah, we were, definitely. Let's... Dudley was gorgeous. Yeah. So what'd you say to her? <laughs> well, I couldn't quite see her at first because you were all crowding around her, probably with your jaws dropping already, and I didn't really pick up on that. And as you all stepped away, I just saw this child <laughs> standing there, and I thought, maybe she's coming with us. You know, maybe we've got a plus one. That's okay. We take all times. Let's go. And then 
she was wearing a high-vis jacket and then someone said, because they don't wear uniforms here, you know, they don't have all the wings and stuff like we had in Namibia. And then one of you said, this is our pilot. And I just couldn't help it. I was mesmerised by her and my mind and my eyes and my mouth all disassembled and my mouth just said, how old are you? <laughs> are you 12? <laughs> and she was beautiful and she was childlike and she was gorgeous and she was just, oh, she was just divine. But she was so, so incredibly youthful looking. I just thought, no. <laughs> just No. My life is worth something and I don't think that I can hand that responsibility to you as a child. In Australia, you wouldn't be off your pee plates. You can't drive after, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever. You can't drive with your friends after midnight. You can't break 80 k's and here she is flying me across the desert. No. <laughs> Not happening. And what did she say to you? Nothing. Well, she actually, what she said to us, I'll tell you when we land. <laughs> she did. Which she did. Yes. And she was 20. She was 20. Mm. And very capable. She was so frail, though. Do you remember when we're hitting those air pockets and her little bird-like beautiful arms were, like, battling and struggling. We're going over the Okavanga Delta. There's nothing but lush grasslands and water all the way down, and she's just battling left to right, right to left. <laughs> but we made it, and she made a very elegant landing. So after flying as much as we've flown, because, you know, we'll let everybody know, we had a private flight, we had a private plane, a private, we had our own pilot, we flew everywhere so we could see as much as what we wanted to see. After doing all that we've done and understanding a little bit more about flying, is your fear of flying in one of those, what did you call it? Mosquito. Mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Does it, has it changed? I think so. Mm. I think the other thing was before we met Chief, we didn't know anything about, listen, I've been through Africa where they really do stick things together with duct tape and truly we've seen that ourselves. Mm. So you don't really know. I mean, Australia is such a, you know, regulated country you, and we just know that it is. You take that for granted as a part of your DNA. If you're going to get into a plane, it's had these things. The pilots mm. have had these hours. The engineers have had these number of things. When you come to Africa... You don't take any of that for granted. Mm -mm. Mm. So one of the things that I know that we've been talking about is that you want to um, do a change in your life. You want to create change. Has Africa helped at all? I think it's created a little bit of space. Mm. And I think it certainly reminds you that the things that you get caught up in to parents working Sydney environment, mortgage requiring two parents, you know, holding on to this idea of I need to have this property to have this amount of leverage and that whole struggle, I think I'm really ready to let that go. Mm. And as much as the financial planner just says, just hold on a little bit longer, I just feel like screw that. Mm. Got kids that have gone from little babies to six to nine. Mm. It's now. Yeah, it's um. I think coming to countries like this and seeing how other people live and realizing that we have it all in Australia and probably more than we'll ever need. Um, it really does. Yeah, change your perspective. I know it's, it's hard changed because mine. I mean, the things that you're used to having in Australia are becoming so expensive that you get caught in this thing about not wanting to let your lifestyle slip away from you, and you think, 
I work bloody hard for this. Mm. But you're not having to work too hard now. Mm. Living in Sydney and having a decent lifestyle is only for the rich and famous. You can't be... I don't know, you just it's not enough. And that's the feeling that you get. And I'm not enough. How can I be more to make it happen? Mm. We always seem to get this when we do the podcast. So um, I'll let Christy just take that in, unless you have something else you'd really love to say. Um, I think just the curiosity that we've all had by being here. It's been really fun to explore that. Down all sorts of little paths with the people, asking them, getting to really ask them about them. I found that really fun mm. to take the time to ask about other people. Mm. Thank you. Now I'm going to go to Debbie because Debbie and I have been on everyone, haven't we? <laughs> we have. We have been on yes. everyone and traveling, hiking, world touring buddies. Now we are up to three. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I'm still hoping you'll come to Switzerland. Mm, have to talk to Jim about yeah, that Yeah, well, well, I'll have to have a talk to Jim about that one. <laughs> Switzerland has cold beer for sure. <laughs> He's in. He's in. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Deb, I don't know really what to ask you because we have done these three together and um, I think we've learned a lot about each other and we've learned a lot about the countries that we've we've gone to. So I guess the best thing to do is ask, how did you, how did you enjoy this African adventure? Oh, I've loved it. I think it's been so much, so many different things to do that we've just done so many extremely different things. Um, but, but the thing that sticks in my mind as far as me and a bit of uh, growth, I guess, is that I've done some things and put myself out of my comfort zone. Like that first hike down that bloody rope down into that canyon and looking at it and I'm thinking my dad would kill me if he saw me doing this like one slip and you're gone they put the fear of God into you there's and there's no way out like if you injure yourself you have to be so careful not to slip on a rock or and it could happen so easily in the blink of an eye I could see my life changing if I wasn't just so careful so I was really glad to to finish that hike it was a great hike and had a great day and also the plane thing like I've not said much about the planes but before I came I didn't really think about it too much with those little planes and it wasn't until a few days before we left I started having a when I read the itinerary again I started having a think and I thought I don't think I'd do that if it wasn't already organized I don't think I would have done that but okay I've got to roll with it now and I'm with Jim so I feel safe um I always think when I'm with Jim I feel safe no matter what happens I don't know why that's just a thing in my head um, and yeah, those, those little things have been a bit of a tick for me. Um, but yeah, it's just been great meeting everyone else on these trips. You make amazing friends and I think they become lifelong friends. You might not see them that often, but you know, from Peru and New Zealand, the, the friendships you make and you always share that bond and it never goes away. And that's mm. what I love about it because you, you just get to experience new people and meet people from all over Australia that, and now you've got buddies you can go and visit when you go to those states or um, new, new friendships and it's something that I will treasure is the friendships. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and doing it with Jim, of course, is great. I'm so pleased he's here. Um, you know, we had a great time in Peru, but having Andrew here has been such a bonus for me because <laughs> I'm off the hook. I'm not in trouble for Jim being the only male. And it's been really good that Jim and Andrew have both been similar kind of guys that have just got on, been easygoing, helped we needed and just um, been the rocks for us all, really. Mm. So that's been really nice. Um, yeah. So. so what was 
I know we've done a lot, but what was your favourite thing that we did? I just think being out amongst those animals, being an animal lover, just observing them in nature without really any human interference has been amazing and I just sort of had to those pinch me moments when you know just with the zebras when I first saw them in um, um, Namibia I just thought that was amazing but then it just got better as we got to Botswana to the safari and just watching those animals in and you know what it's like you can just watch them forever there's and like they say there's always something different to observe out there and I think that's the highlight um that's a highlight for me um as well as every time I'm traveling with you Cindy I just learn so much more and I just go home and I think wow I've learned so much more from about about health and not not just health not just mental not just Health is in what you eat, but the whole health package. And this has got to be part of the health package. This whole trip is, you know, I think you, it just gives you a different perspective on everything when you come away on these trips. And when they're, particularly Peru and this one, with, mm. I mean, they are very different. It's diff, totally different to, um, and being sick, that's, that's, that's not always yeah. easy in another country when you've got the vomiting bug. But anyway, we all sort of had something. So, so let's talk about that, actually, oh. because um, we all <coughs> got something, um, whether it be vomiting, diarrhea, sore stomach, constipation. <laughs> we all got something. We all know about each other's ailments. But um, you, we were in a tent yes. when we most of us got and we weren't well. We were in a tent situation, so with holes in the ground for toilets. And I, I have to tell you that you were all amazing troopers. I, because I kept thinking, oh gosh, this is the worst place to get sick. You know, um, Sousaflé Desert Lodge would have far, been far better, which was, of course, the luxuries of luxuries. But we were in, um, a, a, you know, in a, a situation where we weren't allowed out of our tents mm. until they called us because of all wild animals. And you laid in that hot tent, like it's freezing at night, and you laid in that hot tent, and, and I, quite a few of you did. So. How how did you cope? What did you do to cope? I think I just I just felt so sick that I just couldn't do anything else other than that and get the cool face washer on over my forehead and just lay there and just really just try and sleep through it. I think mm. I just told my body sleep through it, sleep through it, sleep through it and drink and um, I've never been so parched in all my life as I was that night after I'd been sick. I think I woke up and my whole mouth was completely dry. I couldn't, I couldn't even move my tongue. I thought it was going to crack, like, <laughs> off. It was just so bad. And um, even putting the water on it felt disgusting. But I think you just had to lay there and just think, sleep, 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 that's the best thing for you. And, and I really felt like I was a little bit, I think I was a bit delirious at some stage because I remember murmuring something and thinking, where am I and what? But anyway, you mm. got through it. You you got through it. And then didn't it feel great when you felt better? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was amazing. When you felt better, that was like, woohoo. Mm. Yeah. So, that was good. so then the next day, mm. we saw um, some remarkable things. Um, how did you feel about watching two animals that had been alive just? minutes before mm. being devoured by the lions did you, like I remember we passed a group of young people who were saying they were really upset by the whole mm. ordeal mm. how do you feel about it it didn't really bother me because the animals were dead and if I had seen them being brought down I think I would have got upset if they were suffering but then you've also got to switch it and say it's just that's just natural and it's a circle of life so you can't really 
be getting upset about it. Like if mm. I see a dog get hit on the road or a kitten mistreated, that makes me cry. When I see those things on Facebook, I cry at the computer. But something in the wild like that that's totally natural, it's just how it's got to be. You mm. can't feel anything different, I don't think. I mean, you don't want to see any animal suffer. But I think from what I learned with those kills that they're pretty quick, most of them, mm. which is good. That's nature's way of doing it the right way. Mm. So, yeah. It's fun watching those two boys fight for the... <laughs> <laughs> the meat. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that gosh. was really interesting, that, that whole line thing. Mm. And I think what we learned off the guides was just fascinating. Oh, it fascinated mm. me. Everything they said about the animals, I was, like, just fascinated. So, mm. yeah, it was good. Yeah, great sunsets after that. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else that you want to add I haven't asked you the question, but you want to say it. Mm, No, just that if you can get a chance to come on one of these trips, come on it because you will never regret it. Mm. It'll be something you'll just remember and love forever. So Mm. do it if you can. And we do like to create challenges. And I have to admit that, you know, the planes were challenges enough, but so was Fish Canyon, you know, getting down that rope section. And and even in the heat, it was hard work, you know, hard work work doing all that. Um, But also, you know, we we had travel times that were hot. Like last night, we went out to the salt plains and slept out there um, in the, you know, just out in the middle of a salt plain with a... Um, basically nothing on us but our our bedding. That's it. We had no tents, nothing but the open sky. So um, we we try and always create challenges. So the next trip will be definitely a challenge. I think we're doing 160K in 10 days. So it will be fun. All right. Penelope. Penelope. <laughs> so when we first arrived, this is Penny, but her name is... Penelope, but everyone calls her Penelope. I know, I have it good now. I've all got it good. Anyway, Penelope, how was your experience? Um, what was what was your highlight? Oh, that's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many. Well, was um, it the marriage you had? Oh, God. Or was it the boyfriend that you had? <laughs> or what else did we have, guys? We sold her off. We sold her off. Some, um... How many giraffes was there? Yeah, yeah. Four or five giraffes. (laughs) He was really hot too. He was gorgeous. Which one? The one at the campsite, um, our guide's cousin. Wolverdeans. Wolverdeans. Oh, Wolverdeans. Yeah, we we had you all wet. So let let me just um, let everybody know, Penny is the youngest. She's just 30... That's it, you're 30. Um, She's the only one that wasn't married or with a partner, so it was like we just... We we were really mean, weren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Selling you to everybody, promising you to everyone. There's got to be lots. There's got to be someone to have a joke with every now and then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it was good fun. Uh, Hey, I went on a date and I got Tiles and um, and Andrew to to be the third wheel and approve of or disapprove of. He was gorgeous. So we're all approving. Oh, absolutely. Are we going to let him listen to this? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We won't. Just don't tell the boy that um, that we've got you recorded. Yeah. So, so highlight. Um, that's where we want to go? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, uh, it's What just stands out to me now is probably climbing that Big Daddy sand dune with Jim and Andrew. Um, that was pretty hard, like. I'm pretty fit, but that was just hard. Mm. Um, One step up, ten down. <laughs> yeah. But then, but not just 
the hardness physically, but but then what else? What also made it a highlight was just how spectacular that was as a piece of nature. Mm. Like to see all of those dunes from the top, like it was just incredible. And oh, yeah, it's, it's just undescribable. Just the way that they flow, it's just so beautiful. The way they, you know, how you talk about these rolling green hills in, in England, well, this was just rolling beautiful red sand dunes mm-hmm. as far as the eye can see. It was just stunning. And then coming coming down was hilariously fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just wish it was as quick to – no, I don't wish it was as quick to go up. But, yeah, it was great fun. But I think then also the people, having met all of you guys was just another massive highlight. It's always, always when I travel, it's always the people I meet. Um, and the relationships I form, I think, mm. that usually end up being the highlight. And you've travelled a lot, lot, and I've listened to your <laughs> tales. I just love them, you know, <laughs> when I was here, when I was there. And it seems like it's the people that you meet. Uh, and I agree with you. It is the relationships you form. And it, it's what you see, but your memory is often what that person said or didn't say or the feeling it gave you or the time you shared together the meal you had the laughs that were had the plane wings that were broken (laughs) off (laughs) the the commentary to the the animal sightings (laughs) yeah Yeah. so so as a a 30 year old Mm -hmm. coming on a trip that we're a little bit older Mm. than than you are no problems there? You didn't feel like... No. No? No. I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit of an old soul. Mm. Um, like I have a lot of um, older friends and like family members and also in my, my previous career in engineering, um, I worked with a lot of older people as well and I don't know. Yeah. No. I think once you get to a certain age, it doesn't really matter. Like, I didn't even really notice much of an age difference, like, and sharing with Michelle as well was just... Like, Youngest and the oldest. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't seem like we're just mates. Yeah. 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 Handing each other buckets when we were vomiting. And, <laughs> yeah. As you can see, we all got, a ve- we all got very close, definitely. Yeah. Uh, anything that you want to say that I haven't asked you a question about? I just have this feeling yeah. you've got something to say and I don't know what. I'm not sure what it is either. I, I think more than anything, the trip has made me extremely grateful for what I have in Australia um, and for just a bloody hot shower with running water. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And even um, and a comfy bed that I can, like, stretch out fully in because I'm a bit, a bit taller and sometimes I can't stretch all the way out. Um, yeah, just, and to be a little bit more relaxed about, you know, things like when it comes to like, we've all, we were all, you know, in situations like particularly along the way with food, um, mm. that we're not used to having, but, you know, just sucking it up and enjoying the food with each other and, mm. 
So Penny's a nutritionist now. So she finished with engineering and, and became a nutritionist and is um, forging your way in Brisbane in, in changing people and helping them, you know, make a difference. So, um, how, yeah, let's ask that question about food. Um, when we didn't have the food that we're so used to, um, how did it make you feel? Like, were you peeped off? Were you just adapted? What did you do? It's funny. Um, I was actually a lot more relaxed than I expected to be. Um, like, having come from a background of an eating disorder um, and having remembered, like, the feelings when, you know, I was not the one in control of my food, um, I was like, oh, I wonder how this will go. Um, but... I knew that I was with people who were in such like-mindedness around food and it was totally okay. And I was just, I was, I think, just in a different culture as well and so happy to be experiencing their hospitality. Um, oh, gosh, Vorvodans, when she was, they were saying the menu and she was acting out the chicken and the <laughs> It was just, it was so lovely. And it was like, I'll eat whatever you're giving me. Just just bring it on. So, yeah, I think. So what did you think of Vorvodans? Well, what I was was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my oh. god, it was freezing. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was freezing. But the lodge that we stayed at at the t- at the edge of those dunes there was just stunning. And then um, going on that bushman walk and learning about that white lady spider mm. was just incredible. And then going down into the village um, to see where all the stuff, because well, the lodge we stayed at was one of, I think, four that they ran mm. at, uh, in, the, in the area. And then all the staff kind of lived and trained um, in the village down at the bottom of the dunes. Um, and that's where all the washing was done for all the four lodges and, and things like that. But such a respectable business to be set up in that way super sustainable um kind of eco lodge where they had 85 percent of their power came from solar mm-hmm. they um had bore water for all their all their water um they had their own farming which provided a large amount of what they provided in the restaurants of their lodges um, and they also took on, I think they said there was about 80 staff amongst all the lodges and then they also had 20 students where they were training students up um, to work in the lodges in hospitality and service. It was just amazing. I, I agree. I just thought what they were doing and and we were in a desert mm. and they were growing food mm. and had water and soil and everything. Like I just, yeah, I'm with you. I thought Wobbedons yeah. was a pretty amazing place to go to. Oh, and, and they were building because... Ah, yes. In, in, yeah, in, um, when you're in Africa, you usually should be drinking, mostly you're drinking potted, uh, bottled water. Mm. Um, and they're trying to move away from plastic bottles, but at the moment they're collecting all the plastic bottles they use for their drinking water and they're filling them with sand and building houses out of them for accommodation for their staff and students. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing, yeah. It was good. And apparently they're the most well-insulated ha- houses in the village there. Yeah, I'm going to start collecting my, not that we use plastic water bottles, but just go and collect them from rubbish bins and see if we can build a house on the farm. (laughs) Hold this space. (laughs) Either that or artwork. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting, wasn't it? It was really interesting. All right. Now I'm going to go to your roommate, Michelle, because Michelle, um, I'm just moving around, guys. We're in a, we're, we're actually outside. It's, 
Six o'clock at night, it's still warm, where the sun's going down, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's very orange. This will be our, oh, this is our last sunset in, in Africa. And the sunrises and the sunsets have been absolutely amazing. So, Michelle, when I suggested that maybe coming to Africa um, might be something that someone might want to do, Michelle put her hand up and just went for it. And um, let's talk about your experience and how you're feeling um, about what we've done. What was? Let's start with your favourite. I know that's mean. I know it's mean, but let's start with your favourite experience. <sighs> Uh, there's just so many. There, I, you really can't. Um, probably the most memorable would be overcoming the fear that who knows where it came from of small mosquitoes. Blaine, <laughs> Christy so wonderfully puts it. <laughs> I had, and because I put my hand up to say, yes, I'm going without even considering any of that stuff. And then I got the information and didn't bother reading it because it was so far away. And then when I started reading it, I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> but I, What have I done? <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> I'll just, whatever. I'll deal with that when it comes. And, um, yeah, it was, and we discussed that in, in this community. I don't know. I don't, everybody wasn't necessarily involved in the discussion, but, there was certainly a conversation around that. And for me, especially the awe of seeing the sort of things that we've seen here was, um, and I think Alison put it really well when she talked about our insignificance in the scheme of things. We, uh, um, Alison, um, Talia and I made a choice not to go down the three kilometres straight sheer wall you know that's all about knowing your limitations and I think that's really important but um we had a a bit of a moment in in um on a cliff and looking at this amazing country just it was awe-inspiring and yeah so for me with the flights it was very much around um actually I don't even know when I became frightened of little planes and stuff like that I have no idea why or when and I came to the conclusion that it was just an imagination. Who knows when? And this stuff's real and what we experienced was real and the fear was just, it wasn't real. Mm. And once I had that through the conversation, once I had that I don't know, epiphany, I suppose, there was no fear in any of it. And and then I just wanted to go over Victoria Falls on the, on, not over literally, but fly over Victoria Falls on the helicopter because I'd never been in a helicopter before because they always scared the crap out of me too. <laughs> so yeah, for me, that's the most memorable and knowing that, you know, the importance of reflecting on stuff and is it real or not, you know, mm. is, is that real or is it, is it, we just need to let go of a lot of and, and Penny came up with a really good, what was the acronym for fear? Oh, yeah. False, false evidence appearing real. False Correct. evidence appear, appearing real. Which nails it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And as soon as you said that to me, you went, well, that's not real. But what we saw was real because our those flights were 
phenomenal, especially over Namibia. Not not so much, I think, Botswana because Botswana is so flat. Although we did see lots of elephants from the air and that's still better than being in a truck. Oh yeah, <laughs> we've had that in the last couple of days. We, yeah, we've downgraded. We were spoiled. We were spoiled. <laughs> we've been in a truck. <laughs> yeah, we have been. So, tell me about. Well, how you experienced Africa. I, I felt like I'm going to tell you what I think you yeah, experienced yeah. with absolute joy. Oh, yeah. With whatever comes along, I'm going to take it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to experience the light. Did, did I get yeah, that yeah. right? Yeah, well, you're only here once. Mm. Well, that you know of. <laughs> yeah, true. And, yeah, so it was just... Uh, I would love to come back. Whether I can come back or not is another matter. But while I'm here, I'm going to take everything I can get. Mm. And, you know, to do it in this company um, with the people here and just learning their stories and, you know, um, the generosity, the guys helping out. You know, there were times on some of those tough hikes where... (laughs) It was like, no, 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 go ahead because I don't want to hold you up. But there are other times, yes, happy to take your hand. Thank you. <laughs> so, no, it was, it was just awesome. It was really good. And you had another first last this morning. You rode a four-wheeler for the first oh, time. I did. Mm. Yes, I did. Someone put that thought in my head. Thank you very much, Alison. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I hopped on and I was fine on the salt pens. Bit, bit wobbly, but that was okay. And you were very brave, actually. I wouldn't have been on the back with me. There's no way. Well, I knew we could only flip and go one way backward. Yeah. <laughs> Someone would be there to pick yeah, us up. Yeah, so I was really happy to do that on the salt. That was great. But once we started to get near the meerkats and we were on the, um, in the lumpy bits and everything, I was like, you yeah, know, I think my skill has, you know, I've reached the Peter principle. I actually need to get off and let someone know who knows what they're doing do this. So that was awesome. So one of the things you really wanted to see were the meerkats. Yeah. What was that experience like? Oh, they were so gorgeous and so tiny and fragile, Mm. which we learnt was because the whole community disappeared 12 months or so ago. Mm -hmm. But um, they were just beautiful and their constant chirping and their little busyness and they're digging away looking for their scorpions and their bugs. Yeah, they were beautiful. They were just gorgeous. So every animal... Every, boxes. Look, this exceeded every expectation I had. I, I was trying to manage expectations and do the, well, if we get to see something, that'll be pretty good, mm. just so that I wouldn't have a level of disappointment. But it was just exceeded at every – we'd come, turn around a corner and there's a pride of lions and there's the cubs <laughs> and there's the leopard and there's uh, – you know, it was just unbelievable. It was just amazing. And your sunsets? Yeah, yeah. well, you know. You took the best photos. Michelle took the best she photos. She did take the best photos, didn't she? Uh, well, well, we haven't seen a lot of the photos, have we? No. But, uh, I reckon between us we've probably taken thousands and thousands. Yeah. I can't wait to go through them all. I know. I look forward to it too. Anything you'd like to say that I haven't asked you the question about that you want um, our Up For A Chat listeners to know? And it can be anything. Oh, I I just think sometimes when you know instinctually that you really want to do something and you want to put your hand up to do it, just do it. Mm. Thank you. All right, we have two more. Uh, Jim, you're next. (laughs) Jim didn't want to go first, and I don't think he wants to go last or in the middle, but anyway, we're going to talk about it. So um, how was your experience in Africa? (laughs) 
It was good. It was yeah. a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Oh. Yeah. Just, um, I was, I think it was one that I wasn't really that keen. Oh, you know, it just wasn't on my bucket list at the moment, and, but it was been really good. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm. What was your best one, best part of it? <sighs> Yeah, and you're going to ask me this, mm-hmm. but... You've had long enough to think yeah, about it. Yeah, there's a whole lot, really. Um, probably with Penny with the dune, going up there in the dune and seeing the different colours you see, and they said he'd be constantly changing those colours. Um, that, um, the amount of different animals we saw over the three days on the safari, um, it, it was, yeah, it was all very good, yeah. Mm. Anything so. you'd like to... Because this is a man of few words... He doesn't say a lot, does he, Deb? Three sayings. Huh? Three sayings. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we have three sayings. They are, number one saying, nothing to see here, move along. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to do with shopping. Shopping, That's shopping. Shopping, Number two, it's closed, I think. That's to do with shopping. Um, and we've had nowhere to shop, though. Mm. You know, you've just preempted everything. I think everything. that's why he's had yeah. it better than... I, than <laughs> I th- that's probably it. Yeah, yeah there is nowhere to shop where we yeah. have been. Yeah. And always, if I ask, what's the time you say half past? Yeah. With everything. Yeah. And what time are we doing that? That'll be half past. Um, so, yes, you've been mm. the comedian on the crew. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, the Sousafle. Um, Sousafle was nice. Yeah. That would have been nice to stay there another, yeah. another night. We all thought that, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Sousafle um, Desert Lodge. And I think the tour around the village in the Wolverdons, that mm. was um, sort of looking, we went down to the, where they were pumping the water from the wells and looking at that sort of thing and that, mm. and their power generation and all that sort of interested me as well. So, mm. yeah, and just having a look at what they're doing there is quite, um, yeah, quite amazing, really. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. Uh, what I, I think is really good, because you came to South America with us and you were the only male on the, the trip, I, I did feel for you. But it was so good having Andrew here, I bet, you know, yeah. it just makes it so much different. So I guess what um, I'd love to say is that, you know, this is not just a women's trip whatever we do this is about the men coming too and I think it brings a different element I don't know if anybody else agrees with me but it brings a different element to um the trip now whether what's good and what's bad that's not what it is it's just a different element to the trip so I want to thank you um for being and I also want um, to thank you for um being such a help in so many ways like you two Andrew and you with tips so the tip system here is crazy. The only money we have spent is on tips. I think very little has been spent anywhere else but mm. on tips. And we've tips. had four currencies. Uh, yes, and we've yeah. had all those currencies. So I, you know, it was good when you got, guys took control and said, right, this is what we're tipping, this is what we're doing. So mm. uh, it's good. So thank you. Yeah. Mm. That was it. Am I going to get any more out of him, Deb, do you think? <laughs> what questions do you think we should ask? On those. Dunes buggies and getting yeah. up to 58. Oh, he was very proud of that. Yes, yeah. when it was governed at 50 and we're on the sand dunes or on the, the salt flats and you got it to 58, I don't know how you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody else could do it. No one saw it, but that's the problem. Because <laughs> Deb wasn't looking, she was just hiding. Which <laughs> <laughs> was eating dust. Yeah. Dust and salt. Yeah. Dust and salt it was. Quietly competitive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think he really enjoyed fanging across that path. I just knew he was loving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a bit different. That was good. Yeah. Mm. As I said, there was a lot of good things on the trip. So it was, um, it just, 
Yeah, everything, really. Yeah. I know that this is probably a question you may not answer, but um, with the experiences that you experience and the people that we've met and everything, would you change anything in your life after this? Um, in what way do you think? Just, anything. Just anything. Would you change the way you think about something, the way you do something? I might start reading the packets on the cashews. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We did something, Deb. We did something. So <clears throat> Deb thought she picked up and it looked like a packet of pa- packet of cashews. Who's got the packet with them at the moment? In the bin. It's in the bin. They're in the bin. Anyway, this is how you completely had it, everyone, say it. Screw up a good packet of cashews. I think there were about 15 ingredients in it. What? Yeah. Oh, didn't see that. oh yeah, wait till you see that photo. Photograph the... Like, how to screw up a completely good packet of cashews, although you did like them. They did you? taste good. Yeah. So if that's the one thing that you're going to do different, I'm wrapped. Yeah. Deb. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Yes, we did it. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank you. I'm happy with that. All right, last but not least is Alison. Hi. And, yes, and um, Alison, why did you come on this trip? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, look, I've always wanted to come to Africa. It's been a bucket list item for well over 10 years. I've always felt drawn to it. Um, my beautiful partner bought me a ticket as a gift which was just phenomenal. Uh, she did not want to come, and this was the right crew for me to go with, mm. and eventually bought herself a ticket, and life circumstances change, and we were no longer together, and hence Christy came, <laughs> <laughs> and I came. So it was certainly a... It's been a turning point in my life, this trip. Mm. Yeah. Good. Tell me about the drumming. So <laughs> I think that that was a pretty special night that... Um, I, you know, I, I just think sometimes things are put in our way um, for us to experience something. And you had already experienced the drumming, but we hadn't. And um, our beautiful guide at Wolverdons um, just happened to have enough drums for all of us to drum. Yep. So... by magic. It yeah. was like magic. Yeah. It yeah. really was. It really was. Because you've been talking about drumming and what it does for you. And, and this is African drumming, isn't it? Yeah. So it's djembe drumming where you do drum in a circle as a group. Um, and there's usually one lead. Um, and so I've been doing it for a little while on the sunny coast and really enjoying it and getting a lot out of it. Um, both physically, mentally and spiritually and your coordination. It, it covers everything. And so when he pulled out a drum, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to play a djembe in Africa. You couldn't hold me back. Um, and I think he saw the joy that it brought me. I saw the joy it was bringing him. He loved the fact that he had a group of people that were willing to give it a shot. And he brought back ten djembes for us to play around the fire that night. Mm. I took a little while getting ready that evening. And I was standing with Christy outside her room and went, oh, they've started drumming, they've started drumming. I got really excited. I said, hey, they're sounding really good. <laughs> and we walked, it's a fair distance over to where the fire is. And as we're walking, I'm thinking, hmm. And as we got closer, Christy's just gone, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was woeful. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. But, you know, you guys actually gave it a really good crack and got some great rhythms in the end. It was fantastic to hear the transition mm. and the smiling faces. That's mm. what made it. Um, and that's well, it when I. Was a highlight, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And that's when I told you what the meaning of djembe was. The meaning of the word djembe is joy because it knows no black, it knows no white, it knows no good, it knows no bad. It knows no wealth, it knows no poverty, it knows no good player, it knows no bad player, 
it only knows the joy of the person playing at the time. And that's all it cares about. And that is exactly what was happening with all of us. So it was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And then we had the opportunity where we were in Zimbabwe and we went to a dinner where there was a drumming session and they pulled you <laughs> away and they went drumming with you somewhere. I never, I didn't find where you went, but yeah, that, what was that experience like? Um, it was interesting. There was just a drum sitting on its own and Chris went, play it, play it. And I went, no, because I'm feeling really shy. She went, just play it. So I just started playing it, just doing my own thing. And this guy came out running out of nowhere and said, come, come, come. And I thought, am I, am I tempting fate here? I'm just following a strange African man down a dark alleyway in this strange place. He said, come drum with us. Come drum with us. And it, it was incredible. And you followed. I followed. <laughs> I'm trusting like that. Um, it was incredible to play the drum with two other guys. There were three dancers one vocalist, and the harmony that they were producing was just out of this world. And I was part of that for a good 10 minutes. It was just magic. I don't think I've ever felt so alive in my life. Mm. And as I walked away, absolutely, I was shedding tears of joy. It was just incredible. Most blissful experience of my life. Mm. Yeah. And you know what I loved is when the, then the whole drumming started in the on the stage and then we all got up and started to dance. The tribal girls. It was, yeah, it was an amazing feeling to just bounce with those drums and, and dance with those drums and, yeah, and then... It's joy and it's trance. Yeah. It, it puts you in a very meditative state but also a very joyous state. Mm. Yeah, it's very unique. What about when we um, went with the Kalahari Bush people and we made fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, white, white man, not so good. <laughs> White girl, we did White well. Girl. We got a fire. We, we got did a awesome. Fire we did high five. We got a fire going yeah. with two sticks. Um, yeah, that was a pretty special moment for me. Mm. Um, you know, to go down the woo woo. I, I've been here before. There's just no doubt about it. And walking through with those people, everything they were saying was just familiar, down to the medicines. You know, the white sage for a headache where they'd cut little slits on the side of their heads and in the forehead and the back of the neck and put the burnt sage ash into those holes and that would be it. There's no more headache ever for the rest of your life. It just felt right. I'm not about to go around cutting people's heads, but it just felt right. Um, well, that old lady, you know, all the older yeah, ladies. Yeah. She wasn't an old lady, but the older lady, you know, she showed us where those cuts were. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I was having a very spiritual moment throughout that walk, throughout the whole thing. And so when the opportunity was given to, to make a fire, yeah, you and I were like, straight in there. Um, <laughs> and Deb. And Debbie, gave us, Deb, Debbie was in there pretty fast too. <laughs> and the three of us, absolutely, from two sticks and a little bit of zebra poo. Poo comes up everywhere yep. here. really does. Yep. Um, there's, there's a little bit of warm ash that comes from the two sticks. I always thought it would be a spark, but it's some warm ash that falls and it starts smoking. You blow on it, phew, fire. Mm. So it's pretty cool to know you can create fire from nothing. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was. We didn't walk up Sousafle. No. Because we were given an incredible uh, an incredible opportunity to do a bit of archaeology. Yeah. Uh, and so you, Christy, and I chose not to walk up Sousafle with everybody, but we went on this archaeological um expedition what, what did you experience um throughout those through that i know you were going to tell me and, and maybe this isn't the time because <laughs> it might be an hour topic but just give us a hint of 
your experience when we were walking around where we know people were walking you know they they've still got the huts were still there the the buildings were still there everything was still there i could feel everything mm. um it's an area that has snakes and scorpions and i needed to be barefoot on the ground um i literally spoke through my heart to the animals that were around and said i'm not going to hurt you and i'm safe and i truly believed i was and people are going to think i'm in fruit loop and I think the staff at the resort did. Um, but as we started walking up and we saw paintings that were, oh, what, like six, 7,000 mm. minimum years old, mm. and there were paintings of the shaman who was saying this direction is protected. And it, I, the movement I had within me was phenomenal. Mm. Um, as we started climbing up and we saw, we found crystals in the ground that were actually, you know, what you buy in the shop. You know, there was red jasper, there was calcite, um, there were so many crystals. It was incredible. It was a geological expedition as well. Mm. And as we got to the top and saw the little, I suppose they were houses that they once lived in, um, bless Christy because she took yourself and Paul who was guiding us and herself away so I could have 10 minutes on my own in silence, about the only 10 minutes of silence the entire trip, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Cindy FM. Wow. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I sat down and, you know, to probably overshare a little, I've been an apprentice shaman for 12 months now and I found my place. I found my voice. I found my song. I sang to the mountains. Um, I could feel the people that used to live there and I know they were my tribe. I could feel the mountains. I could feel the animals out there. It was like I was talking to them through my heart the entire time I was sitting there. Um it's very hard to put into words what I experienced up there, but that's absolutely why I came to Africa. Mm -hmm. And I knew something was coming. Um, I didn't expect it to be there. I really wanted to go to those sand dunes. Like, mm -hmm. it just, they looked amazing. But um, also at the bottom, if you'd told me I was walking to the top of that mountain, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my fear of heights disappeared. As we were coming down, it was like, yeah, I've walked these paths before. There is no... It's a sheer drop over the side every now and then, and it was pretty rocky, rough terrain. Uh, there was just no fear. Mm -hmm. It was just... I was quite invincible at the time too, just in a sense of knowing. Very hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the guide Paul, of all places, he's from Kenilworth, which yep. is, you know, minutes from your house and minutes from yep. mine, basically, as far as the world goes. But, yeah, he was um, a fascinating character in him, himself. And I'm going to actually interview him on Up For Chat, so we won't speak about him now. But he was pretty incredible. Pretty I incredible. cannot wait to catch up with him yeah, when he me gets either. back. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, all right, so what about if I talk about what I loved the most? Um, I love being with all of you. I have, um, you know, I've been friends with some of you for a while, but I've met some new friends, and I, this has been the most incredible group. I never saw any tenseness. There was only help from all of you um, nobody, I never, I, I heard little every now and then, oh my God, do we have to go that far? All right, it's fine. Oh, now we're here. It's fabulous. So, you know, I heard those little ones, but apart from that, you have just been the most amazing group. And I am just so blessed that I got to experience every single second with you and what, 
we have experienced together, and I'll never forget this, you know. And last night, watching those stars, we get excited about little things. I felt like we were nine kids <laughs> playing for, you know, we had some responsibility, but not a lot. So I just, um, yeah, I, I feel very blessed. And I feel like you, Alison, I feel that I'm drawn to this place. Um, there's a reason why I love it so much, and especially Namibia. Namibia is definitely where I I feel like I belong and I love to go there. And it's it's something about those mountains, those sand hills, those, those canyons, those, I don't know, I never thought that uh, a place like Namibia would be where I felt at home because I love mountains and I love snow and I love green grass. <laughs> and the ocean. Yeah, and the ocean. And basically, you know, it's desert, sandy. So I guess for me, um, it was about being with you guys that and learning about you and understanding why you were here, what you were doing in your lives, what places you are in your life, watching Absolute Strength. Uh, I'm, Michelle, you're strength to me is just mind-blowing. Nothing upsets you one minute. You never complained about one thing and neither did any of you but I just noticed Michelle just she did what she needed to do in order to to get there and you you know you are the oldest you're in your 60s I'm telling everybody you know <laughs> and you and you are you know and you just managed. But I couldn't do it without these guys and the generosity mm, of everybody yes. and Penny as my roommate. I think that was a bit serendipitous that we were in the rooms together it was wasn't it mm. yeah yeah i'm so grateful for you i really Aww. am yeah it's been a good trip so we won't go on and be soppy because we could be soppy for ages a whole lot of us um but what i would um, encourage people is to come on these trips with us in november we're doing um three capes um next year we're all talking about we'll probably do some sort of walking somewhere we haven't decided where but in 2020 we're doing 160 kilometers around mont blanc um there are only five um positions left for that we've um got 10 gone there's only 15 going so 10 are gone and we have five left so if you're interested please go to karensmith.com forward slash I have no idea. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> what, what, I can't even remember. Awaken the change. I'm up for a chat. No, it's up for a chat. KarenSmith.com forward slash up for a chat and you will see what we're doing in 2020. Uh, but I feel like, um, as Karen always finishes off, I don't all ever finish and I don't ever start these things, but as Karen always finishes off, let's be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. Bye for now. We'll see you on the ride. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.